everybody. Welcome back to Grotential, the podcast where we are a father-daughter team, and we are excited to talk to you today about uh, the Bible. I wanted to invite everyone to go check out our Christchurch Ohio YouTube page or our Christchurch Ohio website because we were supposed to pick up with a grit podcast, but you are a genius and you turned it into a sermon series and it was called Real People, Real Faith, and I highly, highly, highly recommend everyone going to take a listen to it. Um, So today... I wanted to do it a little bit different. We're filming in my house. We're a little more laid back. Sun is shining. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. But I wanted to kind of get some time just with my dad. And you've had this lifetime experience of just following God in a kind of way that has been so sincere and so authentic. And I just wanted to ask you a few questions today and Maybe this podcast can help people connect to God in the kind of way that they can feel that sincerity, that authenticness with God. So you've said this idea several times over the past couple years, and it's actually a song. It's the goodness of God. And the first time we heard it, we actually cried like crybabies. But... You said the goodness of God has followed you all the days of your life. Can you tell me, like, what do you mean when you say that? Yes, the song uh, is, uh, I see my life in that song. Yeah. So the song is the goodness of God. It's Jen Johnson who sings it. Highly recommend taking a listen if you haven't heard it. So from the time I was a boy, I, I had a sense of the divine in my life. Uh, I had experiences when I prayed and asked God for things that they showed up in my life. Uh, That isn't to give the impression that uh, I was the kind of uh, young uh, boy that anybody predicted would be a pastor. Yeah. Uh, If you... you talk to an elementary school teacher, they would not predict I would be. But I still had a sense of the divine. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was 18 years old, I had to decide where I was going to go to college. And I had a choice between a secular career and becoming a pastor. And I had a, uh, I had a divine moment. I'm absolutely certain the Holy Spirit caused me to think certain thoughts. And uh, I threw away the uh, uh, the ap- application to the secular school, and I and I went to uh, a Christian school to study to be a pastor. It's interesting to me because when you say you had that moment with God, it happened through reading the Bible. Yes, it did. And I I think that's one of the things that I'm excited to talk about today because I think we have access to something so healthy and so beautiful and so powerful and life-changing, but sometimes the Bible can be intimidating. It could be a big book or, you know, the Old Testament. It's a lot harder to understand maybe than the New Testament. Um, So when you were reading Scripture that day, could you just tell us a little bit more about what that looked like? Did you just open up the Bible and poof, you found that Scripture? Was it... 
I think no, people... it was my daily devotions. Yeah. Where I was reading through the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be in the book of Isaiah. I, uh, uh, Isaiah's poetry has always been uh, fascinating to me. Uh, I don't read Isaiah the way I read Jeremiah and and some of the other uh, uh, prophets. There is um, music in his poetry. Mm. And I happened to be reading in uh, Isaiah, and I came to the poem that said, uh, God said to Isaiah, uh, Thou, who I'm, thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from the remotest parts thereof and said unto thee, I have chosen thee and cast thee not away. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with my righteous right hand. I memorized it in the King James Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was as if the Holy Spirit said those words personally to me. Yeah. I think that's the, I think so many times people are looking for a sign or um, they don't know how to just start. So they'll just open up and, you know, it's like magic somehow or the magic eight ball that you're shaking up the Bible and opening to the right page. And that's just never been our reality. The reality is that as you have spent time with God in your daily devotionals and just seeking him. Uh, that you've heard from him. And I've, I've had the same experiences where it's not an angel, it's not mystical, it's just this moment of me asking God, I just need to hear from you. Or the daily, will you whisper something good to me through your scripture that is this powerful moment that we get with God where it feels as if he's talking directly to us. And... I hunger for that for so many people. Like I want people to have that experience of just connecting with God. So when you... You made a, an important point, Sarah. The Bible isn't a magic book. Yeah. The Bible is a book of ideas. And the power of the Bible is in the ideas, not in some mysterious... Uh, uh, incantation that if you just say the Bible words right, magic happens. Mm-hmm. It, it's the ideas of the Bible that are powerful. Yeah. So, so you felt like God called you and you stepped into this great adventure. Um, you actually drove me several years ago past the apartment you were in. Do you remember taking me there? I do remember that. And you showed me, because you said this is about as close to the end of the world as it gets, the ends <laughs> of the earth as it gets. There's a little apartment in Illyria. above a garage. Yeah. Um, and that was a special moment, so thanks for sharing that with me. But when you think about Scripture, when you think about how you go to read it, can you tell me, like, what is your process that you say – Okay, I'm going to try to connect with God today. What does it look like for you? So I I try to read the Bible in three different ways. The first way I read it is it's just my daily devotions. I want to read so much scripture every day. I, I have a discipline that I read through the Greek New Testament about every 70 days. And I read through the Old Testament once a year. All right. 
that's just the baseline of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm just every day trying to find one good idea from God that I can carry with me through the day. Mm-hmm. Then from time to time in my life, I have saturation Bible reading. You're doing saturation Bible reading right now. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, so I heard a pastor say that he read the Bible as if he was just reading a book. He said, I read books every day. And instead of breaking the Bible up into a year, he read it in, I don't know, I think he said four days, but that I couldn't do it. So I thought, challenge accepted. (laughs) But he said he saw such insight from seeing it all together and that just really fascinated me. I really wanted to see it all together because I've never, I've always done it throughout the year. And so I am, I think, 10 days in today, and I'll probably finish up the Old Testament. And it is very fascinating. The more you read, the more you hunger for it. The more I'm in it, the more I want to be in it. Um, And I'm doing it in two different ways. I'm listening to it as I read it. So I'll get my Bible out and I'll open up the YouVersion Bible app and play it. And I'll just, anything that sticks out to me, I'm writing a note on it or I'm underlining it. So it's not like a full study, but it's just saturation. I'm just, some days it's 10 hours a day. Some days it's three hours. So, but it has been a really great, challenge that I've loved so far yes I found the same thing that saturation Bible reading it is uh you don't just come to know the Bible better your soul is nurtured in a way that uh it's just hard to describe yeah yeah I also like when you see this full picture all together I was telling you a couple days ago makes me sad I'm in the Old Testament and it's just Time after time after time, God just saying, I am the one true God. Follow me. Follow me. And just people continuously not. And it breaks my heart. It makes me long to be a better girl. Absolutely. And I think sometimes when you can read the New Test- Old Testament, it sounds like God is so harsh. But when you read it all together in the way that I've been doing the past couple of days, I'm so frustrated at humanity. I'm frustrated at myself that there have been times in my life where I just, I know he's the one true God, and I still am trying to go my own way like an idiot, you know? <laughs> That's why the steadfast love of the Lord uh, abides forever. Yeah, yeah. Dad, when you think about your personal... There's one more. I also read books. If I want to understand a book uh, more, I'll read it through ten times. Yes. Uh, consecutively right because each reading you you are carrying something from the previous readings you make more connections you see the breaks and the transitions more clearly and and the book uh, it opens itself to you it's like you're studying it instead of just letting it maybe wash over you it's like you're studying it more in depth so the bible is made up of 66 books so when you say you read one book, it's one book of the Bible, like Galatians, yes. 10 times. Yeah. Okay. When you think about maybe someone who is just struggling with, is God real? Is there validity in the Bible? 
what is do you have a thought on that or something helpful that maybe someone who's listening is feeling that way or maybe someone in their life they know is feeling that way what is what's your I, I believe that uh, God proves himself. So if a person uh, is struggling and they honestly seek God, they'll find him. Yeah. Uh, if you read the Bible with uh, an open mind, uh, I've known many people who can't read the Bible with an open mind. Every sentence they read, they want to argue with. <laughs> every idea they want to debate with okay you can't if you do that with any book you're not going to get anywhere yeah but if you, if you take the bible and maybe uh we did a podcast on matthew if you take the bible and you just open it up to matthew and you just start honestly reading and as you read you pause and you kind of summarize and uh uh, you ask yourself, did any idea really strike me? Well, as you just said, the more you read the Bible, the more you want to. Mm -hmm. There's something in it that calls to us. Yeah. Well, conversely, the less you read the Bible, the less you want to. Yeah. You It stops calling to you. It's like with any good, healthy habit. Yeah. The more I work out, the more I am excited about it. The less I work out, the less I want to. Okay, so when you think about um, someone who's just struggling, Dad, they're struggling to connect. They're struggling to understand Scripture. Where would you have someone start? Uh, any of the Gospels. Yeah, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. New Testament. Yes. Uh, I, I, I also think... Um, the uh, for people who have a more uh, uh, self-awareness uh, uh, have a higher EQ, the Psalms are incredible. Yeah, they're one of my favorite places. Because to be. in the Psalms we are experiencing the spiritual life of someone else. Yeah. So we get to see how they processed life with God. Yeah, I want to go back just for a quick second because I think. Now in universities and like for our college kids who are listening, like there's a lot of harsh feedback on the validity, right? There's a lot of harsh feedback on is God real or if you believe this, you're, you're basically dumb. And I just want to challenge that thought for a minute because it feels so unfair to me. <laughs> it feels so one-sided. And I know – for my oldest daughter, Alexis, she actually sat in a class where they said, if you believe this, you should just get up and leave right now. Um, and it just, it, I don't want the Christians, these young college kids who are trying to get it right with God, to constantly be challenged but not have a good idea on how to challenge it back. And maybe they don't verbally say it to their professor, but in their heart of hearts, they have a good idea on how to hold the validity of Scripture. I think you saying that the more you read it, God will work through it. There is yes. something that is personal. There is something that no one can take that away from me, no matter what they say, because there is a personal relationship. But can you give us a good idea that's maybe a little deeper than just the emotional side? Yeah, I went to college, 
university seminary until I was 50. Yeah. Uh, I've been to secular universities. I've been to Christian uh, colleges and universities. Uh, the people who most criticize the Bible, I find they haven't read it themselves at all. <laughs> yeah. It's like me criticizing Shakespeare and never reading Hamlet. Right. Uh, I find that the ones who are the most critical are the least exposed. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible has validity as a historical book. Mm -hmm. It has validity in its variety of literatures. Mm -hmm. So even if a university professor couldn't accept the tenets of Christianity, if they'll just read it as a literary production, th it's interesting, it's compelling. Mm -hmm. In my experience, those who are harshest about the scripture, they really have a different agenda. And it really isn't about the truth. It's more about uh, their uh, worldview and, and, and intimidating uh, students with their authority as a teacher and not really allowing students to think their way forward in a world that has multiple options. Yeah. When you say that there, it's kind of proven as a historical book, I heard somewhere, and I'm going to butcher this because you just helped me. I heard somewhere that there are more copies of like the original text or ancient texts from the Bible than almost any other book. Am I butchering this? No, you got it right. If you compare the New Testament and how many um, uh, documents we have. Like original oh, documents. Yeah, handwritten. On. Uh, uh, okay, n we don't have any original autographs like the actual letter Paul wrote. Right. But these are uh, handwritten uh, documents from uh, a couple of words all the way to whole New Testaments. And that's how the Bible was passed down. It was written over time and passed down from generation to generation. Yeah, from church to church. church, to church. And they copied each other's uh, copies. Methodically, right? Methodically. So the New Testament has about 5,000 documents to validate it. Oh, whereas if you compare it to uh, Cicero's... Um, uh, on the nature of the gods, uh, it's uh, it's it's not even dozens. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, if you compare uh, uh, if you compare uh, how the Old Testament was so meticulously and uh, um, restrictively uh, uh, copied. You get to see that uh, th this does have historical uh, continuity. Mm -hmm. In fact, you can go to the uh, a museum in Israel and look at the uh, Isaiah scroll, and uh, that was probably copied somewhere around 200 years before Christ, and it's the same as the one you'd read in your Hebrew Bible today. Yeah. So there is... Uh, historical continuity yeah thanks i just feel like it's important and little tidbits that we can put out there to combat some of the ugliness i just want to so okay 
I think it's important that when you read the Bible to know context and to know those things. And we did do a Matthew podcast that I am going to release following this because it's a little bit more uh, thinking through. Like if you really want to study scripture and the context. And so I am going to, we'll release that one. It'll kind of be back to back. Um, so if you are interested in going a little bit deeper, please check out our Matthew podcast that will be right after this one. Um, but when you think about the overarching idea of the Bible, there's a lot of things in the Old Testament, like laws that were created that we look back now and it's like, it's just as weird. It's a little odd. Um, and sometimes people can get lost in that. And so when someone who is trying to just connect to God to do their daily devotionals, can you help but give us like two questions you ask yourself when you read the Bible? Yes. My first question is always, what does this tell me about who God is? What does this tell me about who God is? Uh, when the Bible says that Abraham was a friend of God, what does that tell me? Uh, then my second question is, uh, what does this say about how God relates to man? Mm. Uh, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That tells me how God feels about humanity. Yeah. So when I read the Bible, more than I want to get everything all historically lined up, and, and, and the first thing I want to know is, this is the book that tells me who God is. Mm -hmm. And this is the book that has the best ideas about how God relates to us and how we relate to him. Mm -hmm. That I don't want to miss. Yeah. And often we can. We can. And I don't want to miss it either. I think it's a really good to these two questions. Who is God and how does he relate to people? Yes. I am, I'm going to do uh, two more questions. Um, one of them, though, I'm just, I'm interested as your daughter, as um, you're my mentor. I've seen you time and time again. Life can hurt. People can be cruel. Problems can arise that are hard to solve. But time and time again, I have seen you use scripture and your relationship with God to pull yourself up and to keep going. And I just, if someone is in a hard spot right now, if someone is Maybe someone close to them has hurt them, or maybe they're trying something that's harder than they know how to try. Um, maybe they've just been discouraged. Can you give us one or two good ideas on how you use scripture to get back up, to fuel your soul? Well, I learned this from the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthians. He said that God is the God of all encouragement. Mm. So... Any encouragement I'm going to get, it, or it starts with God. Now, sometimes he uses other people. Sometimes he uses a book I read. He uses a lot of means, but all encouragement starts with God. Uh, uh, you preached a sermon on David encouraged himself in the Lord. Mm -hmm. So my belief is if I want to be encouraged, the very first thing I do is I say God is the God of all encouragement, and he, uh, uh, who is God? The God of encouragement. How mm -hmm. does he relate to man? He encourages us. So I say God wants to encourage me, 
I'm just looking for where that encouragement is coming from. So when I have my daily devotions uh, and I need encouragement, I'm looking for him to encourage me in that. Uh, I'm driving to work, I'm praying, and um, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to prompt in my mind good ideas that he's already taught me that'll make me more than sufficient for what I'm facing. Mm -hmm. So first of all, that's where I look first. I don't go to Shay and say, hey, I'm having a crappy day, encourage me. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't go to work and say, hey, feel sorry for me. Uh, I just got stabbed in the back. That is, uh, I don't want any part of that. Right. But I've got something better than that. Uh, I have learned that God wants to encourage me, so I'm looking for it. Mm-hmm. When I read the scripture, I'm looking for his encouragement. I'm looking for the good idea that I need. Um, Often in the groups that we're in together, when I share a scripture, that is a scripture that God has already spoken to me through. Yeah. And I'm sharing with the group the, the, the blessing God gave me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've always heard the best sermons are the ones that you've gone through, right? The ones that scripture has touched your life personally. Um, I also, I just want to make a point because I feel like I – mom told me once in a particularly hard time in your life you didn't put the bible down she said it was like morning to night you just carried it with you everywhere you went because you were just seeking him all day and I do think there is a very healthy idea of when you are struggling to get outside of your normal routine I like to maybe go somewhere different, um, not just do my devotionals. This is kind of my devotional spot right here because it's just, it makes me happy. Um, but when I'm struggling, I like to get outside of this place and go somewhere different. Um, and I think sometimes it's, you got to spend a little more time with God. Absolutely. So, all right, my last question for you is I am going to be starting a sermon series next week in our midweek service, and I'm calling it uh, Why God? And I, I want to talk about some mental health aspects and, like, why do we follow God? Why why give your life to something? Why choose the hard over the easy? And so I just want to end this podcast with asking you, why God for you in your life? Uh, God captured me. I don't really have a sense that I chose God. I have a sense that God captured me. Um, and it's kind of ironic because uh, uh, the, the uh, church environment I grew up in was very harsh. And I had not done well in that environment. Yeah. Uh, but God, the goodness of God came running after me. I was an 18-year-old kid that there no one in the world would have bet on, but God captured me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to, Shay and I went to Bible college together. Uh, uh, I've been doing this since I was 18 years old. Uh, 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 and to this day, I still can't let it go. Yeah. Serving God is not a job. It is a relationship to God. Yeah. 
I, this is not my career. This is my purpose. This is who God in his creative imagination imagined my best self to be. Uh, I can't imagine anything in life that would be more fulfilling to me than being on this adventure with God. Yeah. Sarah, I also have this sense that uh, when God trusts you with something that he could have trusted anybody with. Yeah. The opportunity he gave me, he could have given to anyone. And because he because he gave it to me, I have this incredible sense of I don't want to let you down. Yeah. You could have picked anybody and and you picked me. Yeah. I have one uh, one more thing I'd like to add. God knows us better than we know ourselves. Mm. And I'm hardwired. Uh, I, I'm hardwired to need the adventure. Yeah. I'm hardwired to, I, my life gets empty when I don't have hard problems to solve. That's how God hardwired yeah. me. And then he gave me this chance and gave me all these challenges and all these moments where I just got to be, Come more and more of who he hardwired me to be. Yeah. The greatest thing that ever happened in my life was Christ showed up in the life of a nutcase kid <laughs> and said, follow me. Yeah. It makes me tear up because often um, we will sit down and we just will cry, you and I talking about it because we just can't believe he would love us or choose us or that we get to be a part of such a great adventure and it brings me to tears because like you said I can't imagine any other life and it feels like the deepest honor it is the deepest honor. feels like the deepest privilege to be able to just talk about him and show people and tell people and do church in the kind of way that demonstrates who he really is and not a bad idea of what people think he is okay I'm a crybaby but I love you thank you so much that was very good I love you I um I hope this is helpful we really want to do content in the kind of way that makes you think that makes you grow and I just challenge you Go read your Bible. If Absolutely. you're looking for something right now, you're looking for your sign, here's your sign. Go spend some time with God and see what he might have for your heart. If this podcast has been helpful, please share it with a friend. If it's been interesting, uh, like it. And we'll see you next time.